Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard today's edition of Human Events Daily, coming to you remote from AmpFest down here at Trump Doral in Miami. Here's today's top stories. First, the Pfizer whistleblower has come out with Project Veritas revealing that officials told them to cover up the use of aborted fetal tissue during development of the vaccines. Next, Jake Tapper absolutely melting down as Biden's poll numbers sink. Third, we're going to talk a little bit about Biden's White House place. I've got a human events exclusive on that. And finally, tens of thousands of Haitian migrants are preparing a new caravan down in Colombia. All of this and more up ahead, Human Events Daily. So of course, all week we've been talking about the Facebook whistleblower. I call it the Facebook Karen, uh, who came out and she's been put on 60 Minutes. She's even put on the Senate. We're hearing that she's going to the EU. We broke that story yesterday. But now there's a new whistleblower that's come out from Pfizer. She's gone with Project Veritas. And she's reporting something that they specifically do not want out in public. Folks, you've just got to listen to this one. Check it out. I work at a pharmaceutical company. I'm not an anti-vaxxer. Um, I just believe in research and science. Well, in this database, you came across a chain of emails discussing fetal tissue and the COVID vaccine. Vanessa Gelman, who works in Washington, D.C., is Senior Director of Worldwide Research. The question came up as an inquiry to our MedInfo group. They're asking, quote, did Pfizer make use of a cell line from an aborted fetus? They want you to leave out the highlighted part, which is the one or more cell lines with an origin that can be traced back to human fetal tissue has been used in laboratory tests associated with the vaccine program. And here we have your badge. You are an employee of Pfizer? I work at the McPherson, Kansas plant. Um, it's one of the biggest plants in the operation of Pfizer. We produce some of the most units. This message from Vanessa Gilman. From the perspective of corporate affairs, we want to avoid having the information on the fetal cell lines floating out there. We believe that the risk of communicating this right now outweighs any potential benefit that we could see, particularly with general members of the public who may take this information and use it in ways we may not want it out there. We have not received any questions from policymakers or media on this issue in the last few weeks, so we want to avoid raising this if possible. Wow. We believe that the risk of communicating this right now outweighs any potential benefit we could see. They ought to put that on American currency. Philip Dormitzer, Vice President, Chief Scientific Officer. These are not low-level people here. So you're showing us emails between the Vice President of Pfizer, the Senior Director of Worldwide Research, mm -hmm. about how to couch it a certain way because we would not want to tell the people that it can be traced back to human fetal tissue. Copying Vanessa Gelman, we have an approved answer to this question, the question being about fetal tissue. Mm -hmm which Vanessa can probably provide, H-E-K-2932. What does that mean, HEC cells? Uh, human embryo kidney cells, and okay. it was from experiment 293. They've used cells from aborted fetuses. Yes, And HEC they don't cells. want the public to know that. Yes. That's staggering for society because of what you said, religious exemptions. Mm -hmm. And right. they're denying our religious exemptions at Pfizer. Now, to be clear, I understand that this is a moral issue for a lot of people. It's a moral issue for me as a Catholic. You have to understand that when they're talking about the use of aborted cells, these fetal lines, they're not talking about the fact that those cells are in the vaccine, that there was testing done with this. People have said, they said, well, Jack, this is a common practice. You know, this is fine. No, it's not. That's the point 
of a moral stand. So if this is a religious issue for you as a Christian, uh, whatever religion you are, if you are pro-life, you cannot support this and you can't support it across the board. But I wanna play for you a clip that came out of EWTN where a guy came on talking about the Catholic bioethics from last year, talking about this vaccine, listen to this. Should Catholics have any cause for concern with this vaccine? Joining me now on Skype is Dr. Joseph Meany, president of the National Catholic Bioethics Center. Welcome back. Joseph, as a bioethics expert, can you clarify, are fetal cell lines involved in this Pfizer vaccine? So the good news is not at all. Uh, it's a new type of vaccine, uh, the mRNA type, similar to the Moderna vaccine that does not use any cell lines whatsoever in its production. So in that case, there are no cell lines involved in its development or production. So I don't really understand what's going on there. To me, that sounds like a complete lie from what's had. And this clip was sent in actually by a viewer of Human Events Daily. So thank you very much for sending that to us. I hadn't seen that clip before myself. This is a problem. You've got people spreading misinformation about this to the faithful, to people who are pro-life, to people who say, I don't want anything to do with abortion. I do not want to support this in any way. This is a moral issue. It is a moral stand. The same way you have people who say, look, I, I don't, you know, PETA says, I don't want to use products that were tested on animals, right? We are talking about the testing of the products. Yes, obviously that matters. And that's the point of a moral stand. It is a line that you will not cross and a line that you cannot compromise on. And so I want to go through an entire list of the different products that are involved with this. We're going to be breaking that down. We're doing the research here on Human Events Daily because I want to present that information to you, the listeners, because that's what's most important. Stay tuned. We have more have ahead. And we're back. Now, I've told you before that Joe Biden's nickname in the White House Shade Wars that Kamala Harris refers to him and her team refer to him as the Titanic. And I think we all know why that is. But now we've got a new person who's realizing the situation, and that is none other than my good friend and dear colleague, Jake Taper over at CNN. Listen to Jake's take. He sounds so happy, so happy about the latest polls coming out on Biden. Listen to this. These new poll numbers, frankly, are brutal for the president. In this brand new Quinnipiac poll, only 38% of Americans approve of how Biden is handling his job compared to 53% who disapprove. That's the lowest approval rating Biden has had since taking office. Another striking number, only 39% of Americans approve of Biden's handling of the economy. 55% say they disapprove of the job he's doing on the economy. When asked, is Joe Biden an honest president? 44% of Americans say yes. 50%, a plurality, say no. And one of the most damning results of all, more than half of the American people. 55% say the Biden administration is not competent in running the government. 42% says the administration is. And you listen to that, right? It's brutal. It's brutal. He's having a complete meltdown. Jake, I'm sorry, but I think the problem is we all knew what was going to happen here. You guys put this guy in office, the entire left, the entire media establishment, uh, in many cases, the defense establishment put this guy into office. He was nobody's first choice. Even Barack Obama said, mm, I don't want to say that because I don't like to use that word, but he said, trust Joe to screw everything up. That was Barack Obama. Remember, this is the same Barack Obama who never even invited Joe. Remember, one of those early things 
early days when Joe first got to the White House this time around, he said, you know, I've never actually been in the residence before, right? So read between the lines on that a little bit. What does that mean? Never been into the residence means that for eight years, when Barack Obama and his family lived there, they didn't even invite Joe over for dinner once. That was his role as a vice president. That's how much standing, that's how much clout he had. None whatsoever. He is a, he's a puppet. He is a puppet president. Um, this is the Peter Principal presidency. And in many cases, it's also the Truman Show presidency, which we're going to get into a little bit in the next segment. But the main thing is this. Democrats realize what's going on here. That's why we've been talking about this shade war. We've been talking about all of the knives out in the White House politically for Joe Biden, saying that he doesn't have a leg to stand on. That's why you have John Kerry out there going over to France and throwing him under the bus without any repercussions. Jen Psaki even uh, supported what John Kerry said. She went to bat for him after they were asked about this. They said, why do you have your you know, this big name uh, climate envoy out there. He's the former secretary of state and he's throwing your president under the bus. Are, are you going to say anything about this? Are you going to fire him? No problem whatsoever. If you have a subordinate that is acting like that, you have to fire them if they're acting like that in public, period. It's, it's, it's just how the game works. You absolutely have to fire him. The fact that he won't shows that Joe Biden is not the person in charge. He is not the person who's making the decisions. The people that do, they are people that watch the West Wing. They watch Veep. They think that's all they need to know about government. Um, they are not experts in anything. They've not never done anything in the real world um, <laughs> to speak of. And that's why we have what we have. That's why we have what we have now. What I said yesterday, and we got some heat. We got some heat from yesterday's show when we were talking about Taiwan and I was talking about the potentials for a PLA, Chinese military invasion of Taiwan. They said, it's not gonna happen. This is fake news. This isn't gonna go down. I said, look, you have a situation where essentially we have our Boris Yeltsin in office, okay? It is even worse than when Obama was in office and Putin looked at Crimea following the Maidan revolution and said, we are going to annex it. You've got Xi Jinping and you've got Zhong Nanhai. That's the Kremlin for Beijing. They are looking at this and saying, it's right there for the taking. We want Taiwan anyway. We understand that eventually, you know, they have a hundred year plan for Taiwan, but they're also saying, think about what we could get in the short term if we just go ahead and take it because the United States is being run by a guy like this. And the people within his own party, the people in independence, and even the, and by the way, Qu Quinnipiac, I should also point out, Quinnipiac is like left of the left when it comes to polling, right? These guys said that Lindsey Graham was gonna lose. They said McConnell was gonna lose. They are as far, so if they are saying that he's at 38%, if they're saying that he's in George W. Bush territory, then that means he's probably, he's probably touching the high 20s. I wouldn't surprise me if he was bottoming out around the high 20s. And this is, folks, Titanic. It's as simple as that. All of these crises, all of these problems that seem to be evaporated, they were on autopilot when Trump was in office. Now you've got Biden in and all of a sudden it's all exploding again. We had $1.79 gas. We had a world that wasn't at war, and we had an America that was strong. Just putting out the facts, folks, the bluff, the bottom line up front. Stay tuned. More ahead on Joe Biden and his silly little playset. Human Events Daily continues.
So this is another one of those videos where, you know, it's something, and I really apologize to the podcast listeners on this because you have to actually see this video. We're going to play it. And afterwards, if you're listening to the podcast, just go ahead, jump onto our YouTube, jump onto our rumble, get in there. You've got to see this actual video because the audio of it isn't all that remarkable. It's just Joe Biden having a meeting with some, some boring people and the video of it, though, is remarkable. What it is, and when it's zoomed in, it looks like Biden's holding a meeting in the Oval Office, but video zooms out and you realize it's not the Oval Office. It's some playset. It's a White House playset where they've set it up to be that, it, depending on your camera angles, it looks like it's like something from Saturday Night Live, that it looks like you're on the White House, you're in the White House in the Oval Office, but you're actually not. And yet, he has the Oval Office, but they're not using it for some reason for these meetings. Take a listen, and then we'll talk some more about it. So uh, I'd now like to turn it over to Joanne Jenkins' meetings to her members. So thank you, Mr. President, for the opportunity to speak to the impact of not raising the debt ceiling uh, on our members in particular, and then nearly 65 million people across this country who rely on social security. That they paid into over a series of their work life. Uh, for nearly a half of those. All right. It looks like we have lost the feed there, but that was President Biden and U.S. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen at the White House. So I saw this thing and I said, what the heck is going on? I reach out to a White House official specifically about this. And here is, and I'll actually read the text and tell you what the answer I got back was. Team Kamala, Team K is referring to this as Kijong Dong. Uh, if you don't know what Kijong Dong is, that's that uh, village in North Korea that they have that's sort of like set up to be a kind of like Potemkin village, you know, to make it look really nice. And that's where they let like foreign journalists in and NBC falls for it. Um, and it's just this like totally fake North Korean village. Um, and Team K apparently is calling it that. But then I said, okay, that's hilarious, obviously. But what is actually going on here? Why, why are they doing this? A whole mess of Biden staffers came up with the idea for it. They said the Oval Office was too bland. And one, uh, one of the staffers who used to be in Hollywood special effects said, let's create an immersive environment for him to conduct certain events to one that could one that could project a sense of calm to the American people. This is taking, you know, I, I just said before, these guys are a bunch of West Wing LARPers on the Biden staff. This is taking the cringe to lever before seen levels. We have never actually seen cringe this high in an administration. This, I mean, okay, fair enough. The TikTok guy, the crazy TikTok guy they brought in, that was pretty bad. But this is. It's just weird. You have the Oval Office. You think it's too bland? You think there's a problem with having the Oval Office? Maybe you shouldn't be there anymore. If you really don't like the Oval Office that much, you could always leave. I can think of a way that you don't even have to go to the Oval Office at all. And Joe Biden could just wake up every morning and they could give him, go to his little fake set. He can go to his fake Oval Office, his place at that they gave him, and he can have his, his fake presidency, and he can have his fake approval numbers, and he can have his fake plans and everything else, the fake economy, right, with fake jobs, and he can pretend he's president. He can, it's that we have a Truman Show presidency. We've actually gotten to the point where, and I said this was Boris Yeltsin, I said before that it seems like Biden isn't the one making the decisions. They've literally given him a fake White House 
place at, at this point. John Kerry is out there publicly, not just saying to the French, but saying to the world, he doesn't know what's going on in his own administration. Ladies and gentlemen, it's simple. When someone shows you who they are, believe them. Just believe them. This is who Joe Biden is. This is who he is now. This isn't who he used to be, by the way. He used to be an absolute firebrand as a liberal Democrat. Absolute firebrand. Now, he's a guy who sits at a fake desk in a fake White House. Let that sink in. Stay tuned because coming up ahead, we're going to have a really excellent segment. We're going to get into everything that's going on with illegal immigration, another caravan that's coming across the border. Make sure you are sharing this. Make sure you get it out with your normie friends. Subscribe, get us out there, and we will not let you down. Stay tuned. Human Events comes back. Turn point live. And we're back now. We've had the situation, the absolute crisis. I called it a surrender on the southern border that Joe Biden has created, again, by his policies, by the policies of this administration, the policies of this government. And that really is the situation we find ourselves in now, where obviously, like, people get it, right? The founders set up this system of federalism. We were going to have a loose confederation of states and then a federal government to kind of like run certain action areas. Obviously, that's completely changed. We now have a central government that centralizes pretty much all the decisions that are made throughout our entire country. If, you're, if your kid is wearing a mask in school, the school board can't do anything about it. The governor can't do anything about it. But Anthony Fauci can do something about it because he's the one who's putting out the guidance, right? Understand, this is central planning. This was the problem with the Soviet Union. This is the problem throughout all communism, communist China, et cetera, et cetera. This is not a good system. We know this. Yet for some reason, we don't talk about the United states that way take a look at this footage that's now coming up as a result of a response to a policy decision this is human nature you cannot take human nature out of the equation and go look at the response that we're getting now from haitian migrants when they hear that america's southern border has been surrendered and that the back door is completely open to the latest on the southern border crisis, tens of thousands of migrants are still heading to the United States despite last month's removal of that huge group from a makeshift camp near the Texas border. Many of them are now gathering in Colombia. NBC's Gabe Gutierrez is there. He's at a beach town in Colombia that's become a real bottleneck. Gabe, good morning. Craig, good morning. The tents are crammed onto this beach, rows and rows of them packed with desperate migrants trying to get into neighboring Panama. If you're wondering how so many Haitian migrants ended up at the Texas border last month, this is why and more are on the way. This morning, Necocli, Colombia is no longer a tourist town. Some 20,000 migrants, many of them trying to head to the U.S., are now camped out here, desperate to leave. Among them, Haitians, Cubans, and Venezuelans. This man tells us he left Haiti more than a month ago after the earthquake there and says he won't stop now. Each day they crowd together in line, passports in hand, children held tight. I get it. You know, to an extent, I get it, right? If you were a migrant, if you were in one of these areas, and you heard that the richest country in the world had opened its doors, they were going to let you in, they weren't going to check for a vaccine passport. They were going to bring you into their society. They were going to give you benefits. They were going to give you a welfare state. And you wouldn't need to do anything. 
You could just walk right across and you'd be welcomed in with open arms. Do you really think that there aren't people in Central America and South America that are gonna say, I want to do this. And then you get the cartels in and they say, great, now we can profit off of human misery and human suffering. People who legitimately do want a better life for themselves or family, but they're not doing it the right way and the cartels charge them for the fee of coming across. And if you were someone who, and we've seen the stat, we've seen the data, sorry, we've, we've seen the data out there when it comes to women and young girls and what happens to them when they're coming across. And so I'm sorry if I get a little emotional talking about that. Joe Biden, this needs to stop. It needs to stop right now. What you've done is created a humanitarian disaster throughout the entire southern border area of the United States, and it's not going to stop until you fix it, sir. Take your job seriously. That's all the time we have here today at Human Events Daily. Thank you so much again for watching. Keep subscribing. We now hit, we are finally back to number one in Apple politics. Uh, I think we're number four in Apple news. We're actually number 30 uh, in the entire country for all podcasts, and just thank you. From the bottom of my heart, thank you to everyone. Thank you to this audience. Continue to share this, share it with your normie friends, be the influence agent. Remember our motto, be good, be brief, be gone. But before we go, it's time for today's moment in history. Today is the 450th anniversary, October 7th, 1571, the Battle of Lepanto. Christendom's Holy League versus the Ottoman fleet that wanted to come and conquer all of Europe. When we say Our Lady of Victory, pray for us, like we used to say when I played football, we're talking about the Battle of Ponto. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, you have my permission to lay ashore.